1: From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails, garner great pet tips, and have a dog on fur flying fun time. So get ready for the paws and applause as we unleash your OBEHAVE host, America's pet edutainer,
0: Arden Moore. Welcome to the OBEHAVE show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Listeners, it's time to rev your engine for a great episode. That's because our two special guests know how to steer in the right direction when it comes to the race to help animals in need. Let's give pause and applause to veteran NASCAR driver Greg Biffle and his equally talented wife, Nicole, who is president of Friends of the Animals. And together, they are the founders of the Greg Biffle Foundation that helps animals all over the country. Welcome to the show. Well, thank Thank you. you. All right. Even synchronized, harmonized, awesome. That's right. That's good. Now, right now, Greg is guiding his number 16 3M4 in the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series for Rosh Racing Team. And off the track, you and uh, Nicole are founders of the Greg Biffle Foundation. And you also are proud parents of an amazing daughter I'm hearing about, young Emma. And you got a couple of dogs, Gracie and Savannah. So you've got a full pack there, you two.
2: Yeah, we certainly do. It's a lot of fun, and we used to have three, and we recently lost our long-time, I call him the founder of uh, of the Greg Biffle Foundation, because really he was the, the inspiration to starting the foundation to help animals was foster, so fortunately we lost him a little while back. He lived 13 years, so he, he had a great life, but we really enjoy helping animals, and, you know, it was something that we were able to start in 2005, and we, we created this NASCAR pet calendar that took off like wildfire. We've sold more pet calendars every year than we have the previous year. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun, and we've gotten involved with lots of different organizations along the way.
0: Well, we're going to find out more about what Greg and Nicole are doing. We've got to pay for the show first, so I'm going to ask all you listeners to get into the park position, and we're going to take this commercial break. All right, everybody, sit, stay. Good listeners. We'll be right back.
1: Time for a pause. Four furry ones, actually, sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. OBHAVE is back with more tail wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's Pet Edutainer, Arden Moore.
0: Welcome back to the OBHA show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am so happy that we have the husband wife duo of Greg and Nicole Biffle, and so apparently is my dog, Chipper. Can you hear her in the background? Chipper is a Husky Golden (laughs) Retriever going, where is my racing helmet? I want to go racing with Greg. All right. Now, you guys know Greg. He's a veteran NASCAR driver, and he exploded into the racing scene. In 98, he got Rookie of the Year honors for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. And then in 01, he just took the Bush Series Rookie of the Year honors. That's pretty awesome, Greg. And I have to confess to you, in my previous life, I was an assistant sports editor at the Fort Lauderdale Sun-Sentinel when Homestead opened up. So I was in charge of auto racing. So I admire, and I knew you back then, and I thought, this dude knows how to steer. But you do have the season this year. It's kind of heading to the finishing line. And so I really do, pardon the pun, thank you for making a pit stop on our show. And I really, really thank you both for what you're doing for pets, you're kind of waving the checkered flag for pets. So I just want to backtrack a little bit. Let's go back to 05, I guess, when you guys started the Greg Biffle Foundation. And folks, after the show, I want you to dash over to gregbifflefoundation.com. You're going to find a lot more information on what they do for pets all over the planet. But is this right? I'm doing my uh, research. You have awarded grants to more than 500 humane societies and animal shelters all over America. That's we have and you know
3: it's yeah it's it's hard to narrow it down we get so many applications every year there's so many so many shelters and groups and just animals all over the country that just need a ton of help so you know we do what we can we'd like to do more but you know we feel fortunate that we are able to help
0: now how did you guys get motivated to create this foundation for pets i mean you guys have been married you said 7 years and been you know sweethearts for longer than that did you guys meet due to pets, your love of pets, or how did that happen? And what made you both say, you know, we got to do something. We got to help pets.
2: It was, uh, you know, I surprised Nicole one day. We both grew up with pets our whole life. Uh, So, you know, we're used to having dogs and cats. And I brought home uh, little Furball Foster when he was six weeks old. And we went for a long time without a pet because, you know, we didn't have a fenced yard. We didn't have a good area. We traveled a lot. And then then we got a motor home that we stay in at the racetrack. And so it afforded us the opportunity to take him with us. So, you know, I got a a dog, Foster, and, and he became part of the family. And, you know, we saw these cruelty cases and we saw these horrible things that, you know, you start paying more attention once you, you know, kind of back into the swing of things. And so we really felt like puppy mills and all these horrible things that go on. We really felt like, and all the drivers were starting foundations or had foundations or causes. And we helped the petties with the Victory Junction Gang Camp, and still do. And other people had children, charities, cancer charities, things like that. And really, the animal world was a little bit of a void in the NASCAR community. And that's how our passion said, "Hey, let's do something for animals." These guys do a lot for kids. These guys do things for which we all care about. All these different foundations, but we wanted to focus on animals. And so that's how it started. And we had some friends in the business and the sport that helped us get the uh, ideas going and. And that's really how it started. It was our passion for animals and wanting to make a difference in the well-being of animals.
0: Anything else you'd like to add, Nicole, to this? I mean, he brought home a puppy. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you know, it it really was. Um, Foster was definitely the inspiration for everything that we've done to help animals because, you know, like Greg said, he became part of the family. And I mean, quite literally, he became a child, you know, mm-hmm. to us. He Thanks to Foster, we did get a motor home so he could come with us. And, <laughs> you know, thanks to Foster, you know, we got an airplane so he could fly with us, you know. But a funny story too, Foster and Gracie actually got me into a race one weekend. I went late, didn't go with Greg, which was unusual, but the dogs and I flew up afterwards, and I'd forgotten my credential to get into the gate. And the lady just was not going to budge and let me do it. And she said, "Well, who's in the car with you?" She stuck her head and she goes, "Oh, well, there's Foster and Gracie." She whipped out two treats. She said, "I've been waiting for them all weekend." Okay, go ahead. And I was like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> so uh, our dogs are um, kind of uh, known in the the NASCAR world so like Greg said just to expand we just we're seeing things that just you pay attention to things like that but you just kind of turn your head and oh that's so sad we really wanted to do something because I mean just the love of an animal is is amazing and they have so much to offer and there's just so many of them out there that just need help desperately and so we just do what we can do you know you always want to do more that's for sure.
0: Well you're getting close to your 10 year anniversary of starting this foundation. One of the things that really impressed me is every year, for at least the last seven years, you've come out with a NASCAR pet calendar and you raise money. So I know we can all go to the Greg Biffle Foundation site, but I got you guys here. So can you tell me a little bit about the calendars? I mean, we're talking Dale Earnhardt Jr., Danica Patrick, Kyle Busch, Greg Biffle. Nice. So yep. what's going on with NASCAR and pets in this calendar? Let's start with Nicole this time and then we'll we'll have you pop in, Greg.
3: You know, when we started the foundation, it was based because of the calendar. We, Like I said, we had tried to think of something we could do. And I mean, I came up with the idea for a calendar and I thought, hey, let's just do a spiral bound one. We'll just sell them out of the, the haulers or whatever. But we got lucky with the NASCAR foundation. They really helped us it together, but we really wanted to do like a family setting. You know, not the drivers in their uniforms. It's not sponsor related. It's drivers and their kids and their pets because pets are family. So it's just a very casual calendar. With you get to see inside the drivers' lives, and so um, it's just been really successful because people really really get into. Seeing how drivers are off the track and their families and what they're interested in, and so it's just it's just fun to do it every year, and you get new puppies and new kids and all kinds of stuff (laughs) in the calendars every year. So all right, I I got to ask:
0: which NASCAR driver has the most unusual pet or the largest dog for this year's calendar? You know,
3: this year, we don't really have anything too unusual, however that being said. We've had donkeys and stuff in there before. (laughs) which (laughs) Donkeys? Yeah.
2: (laughs) David Reagan had a donkey and a goat, and we've had some other unusual pets, but it's really uh, Tony Stewart had a monkey. um, (laughs) So, you know, there's been a lot of different pets, and I think that, you know, the support came from... NASCAR fans want to relate to the athletes, the star, their driver or whatever. And it's like that with any sport. So, you know, you'd rarely have the opportunity to see behind the scenes. And this was sort of a behind the scenes. It's a, maybe they're on vacation and people gave great photos for, for the calendar for the family and the and the pets. So it gave the avid NASCAR fans an opportunity to have something memorabilia they could get signed by the driver and keep and, and so the the calendar's done very, very well. And, you know, we're looking at other ideas also to, that's sort of our mainstay. And we do some events throughout the year to raise money and was kind of doing short math. And I'm sure we've, you know, without knowing exactly, I'm sure we've donated out over a million dollars since we started the foundation and and doing the calendar. So it's been a big thing for us. And we're very, like I said, we're very passionate about it and, uh, you know, want to continue to to help animals and and help uh, organizations. A lot of these organizations are all volunteers.
0: Right. There. And are, are. so,
2: a little bit of money goes a long ways when you're talking about gas money or some food or or other supplies. So we're able to donate a little bit of money to a lot of organizations that that can make a, uh, a real difference.
0: Now, these calendars are what, like thirteen ninety nine? Is that correct?
2: Yeah, thirteen ninety nine for the calendar, and we. Obviously, we, we have calendars from previous years, and a lot of times we'll do a special where you can get, a you know, a 15 and a 14 calendar together. Or sometimes we do packs of, hey, we have some 12 and 13s left over. So we're able to, people want to see the pictures, even though it's, the calendar's not good anymore, they can get that picture and have a good time with, you know, having something throughout the years or get to collect the whole set. So right.
0: I think it's special as a driver if you saw somebody bring the calendar rather than just the program from the race day. Don't the drivers kind of feel like that the person bringing that, the fan, is a little more invested in both pets and that driver? Yeah, to get absolutely. It it's,
2: uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, the fans want to have something they can keep forever, and this is definitely uh, something they can do that with.
0: And as a former sports writer, I have to say, I think that the NASCAR drivers are among the most pleasant, polite, and recognized loyalty among their fans. I mean, you guys don't cross that finishing line. You don't get paid. You know, you could be in other sports like baseball or basketball, and you could sit on the bench and make what a school teacher makes all year in one game. So I know you guys got to earn to make it. So talk a little bit about that because you've been in the race world a long time. And, you know, if you don't finish, you don't get a paycheck.
2: Yeah, that's, you know, certainly right. And our sport's a lot different than football and baseball and basketball because we do have sponsors. And we do feel a connection to our fans because our fans are the reason why we're here and the reason why we have a job. And so we recognize that as an organization. And I just think that, and for some reason, the stats show that NASCAR fans are super loyal to the brands and the products that support their sport they're passionate about. You know, that's important to us. And, you know, when you talk about a football team or baseball team, a particular player, he doesn't have a stake in it when it comes to ethics or signing autographs or something else because he's you know shielded by a team, I guess, so to speak. So when I have a, a company I'm representing like 3M, Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. Ford, we want to be ambassadors of our sport and of those products and brands. And And I think that's why over the years, driver's been so colorful and so easy, accessible and things like that, because we want to be a household name. We want to be somebody a company wants to be associated with, because essentially that's how we end up with a job is, them paying you know to have their name on the car or uniform or whatever else so it's an important financial thing for us to to have that connection and all these things make a difference
0: All right. Hey, folks, we're speaking with Greg and Nicole Biffle, and they have co-founded the Greg Biffle Foundation. It is a great foundation for pets. I want you to go to gregbifflefoundation.com after the show. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about life in NASCAR with Greg and Nicole and then some of the things that they do in the pet world. So everybody just sit and stay. We'll be right back.
1: Time for a walk on the red
4: carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash, right after these messages. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop.
1: talk pets let's talk pets on pet life radio pet life radio petliferadio.com holy hound dog
4: hi this is burke ward and you're listening to the behave show with arden moore on pet life radio listen every week same
1: pet time same pet channel We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox that is. Now, back to OBH. Here's Arden.
0: Welcome back to the OBH show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host Arden Moore. I feel the need, the need for speed, Greg, but I'm sitting here in the park position behind a microphone. I I mean, what's the fastest you've ever been clocked at? Well, I think
2: the fastest I've ever been, you know, is uh, in a race car anyway, is <laughs> <laughs> About 230 miles an hour, 228 miles an hour in Michigan is wow. the uh, the fastest racetrack we go to.
0: And when the police aren't around, what's the fastest you've been? Maybe as a kid, maybe you were testing your metal. <laughs> Yeah,
2: Thank goodness I never got a ticket for going too awful fast growing up. But, <laughs> you know, I loved cars in motorcycles and, and uh, competition at an early age. And, I, you know, I started racing oval track when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. So I just I have a passion for racing and cars.
0: And Nicole, have you ever gotten a speeding ticket?
3: Um, unfortunately, I've gotten two. Um, <laughs> yes, okay. I never got any until I moved to North Carolina, and I guess oh, you're that's a spe- us, uh, NASCAR folks.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And what's the fastest you've ever been behind the wheel? Oh goodness.
3: Well, as a passenger with Greg, I've probably really been up there. But myself, no, I don't go that fast.
0: All right, now does he like a uh, just follows the speed limit in your family car? I mean, I just wonder. Don't you feel like you're chopping at the bit, Greg, when you're in a regular car in traffic versus when you're on the track? I mean, how do you how do you make that mindset change? You're with Emma. Yeah, I mean, not
2: really. Yeah, not really. I'm more of an efficient driver, if you will. So I'm not necessarily the guy that's going, you know, weaving in and out of traffic, which isn't safe and trying to go faster than than all the other cars. So, uh, but when I'm behind the wheel, it's my job, so to speak. I'm paying attention. I'm looking, you know, it's just my sensory systems wired different probably than everybody else. Everybody else is daydreaming about you know, what they're going to have for dinner or listening to the radio. And I'm paying attention to what's going on in front of me, behind me, beside me, and what lane I'm turning right in. and, And the light's getting ready. The other light's getting ready to turn yellow or green or whatever. I'm paying attention. I'm getting there as soon as I can. And I'm ready when I get to the intersection I know what I'm already doing. And I hate traffic. That's one of my worst pet peeves in the world is, you know, we all hate sitting in traffic, wasting kind of wasting our time so to speak, and, and uh, unfortunately that happens. But for the most part, I drive the speed limit and I'm just used to being on the button all the time and, and not wasting any time while I'm driving. That's more probably it than, than driving fast.
0: You know, I wish we could clone you. Can you imagine how the highways would be if we actually had people doing what they're supposed to do, which is drive, not text, put makeup on or eat something that's like one of those burgers that's so huge that you dribble all over yourself? I'm amazed when I look over at drivers next to me and I'm like, seriously, Do you have? are you an octopus? Do you have eight arms? How are you doing all that you're doing?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably the worst thing in the world for me is the old classic making a right-hand turn at a red light or vice versa making a left you know it's like people's (laughs) sensory system is much wired much slower than than mine so i can see how far away a car is and know, okay, I'm going. I have plenty of time. Now is the time. And you're sitting behind them, second in line, and you're like looking way down there. And they're like, well, I see that car way down there, but I wonder if this guy is going to go. And so he waits and waits and waits till he decides, well, I think I do have enough time. So he goes, and then there's not enough time for you to go. <laughs> right. Right. You know, if he would have went, you know, when you both looked down there a few minutes ago, there would have been enough time. So it's kind of like in my eyes, I'm looking at it going, well, this guy's just waiting for long enough that so I can't make it. But people yeah. have to be safe and they don't think about cars like I do. And they're not used to, to all the moving parts and pieces. So that's what it's like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they don't know how to pot forward, you know. What about right. um, your daughter, Emma? Now, at the beginning, before we came on the air, Nicole said she's pretty uh, into driving, flying. What, what's going on with your three year old, Nicole? <laughs> she's
3: very interested in um, the flying and the helicopter. She gets really excited uh, seeing helicopters or riding in helicopters. When I left her up with her daddy up at the shop. She was sitting on a four-wheeler, acting like she was going <laughs> to drive it. She actually has her own little um, car she drives around in. And she does really, really well. So um, she's going to be good at whatever she does for sure. Mommy just hopes that maybe we decide not to do the racing career.
0: How is she with pets, like with your two dogs right now, with Gracie and Savannah?
3: She's really, really good with them. Funny, when she was before she was born, Foster was very attentive to me and he knew what was going on, I think, and when she was born he never left her side. Anywhere she and I would go, he always followed. So he was kind of her Yeah. And uh when she was a baby, Savannah is funny, wouldn't have anything to do with her. When she started crawling, she'd run in the other room, you know, run away from her but now they're the best of friends and and Gracie is just so sweet with her and they play and Emma throws the balls and their toys and you know, poor Greg is surrounded by a house of women now. It's two girls (laughs) in the dog world and then Emma and I, so he's outnumbered for sure.
0: How do you handle that, Greg? You doing all right?
2: No, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, Certainly, I miss Foster. You know, he's only been gone a month, and he never missed one of Emma's naps laying outside of her door upstairs and put her to bed every single night. You know, so it's tough to uh, the household around here without him, but, you know, the other dogs, Savannah really, really likes Emma now, and they play well together, so...
0: Savannah's the uh, Savannah's the mix canine mm. cocktail. We don't know who your mama, right. who your daddy dog, right? So, what are your best <laughs> yeah. guesses? What do you guess that Savannah has a bit of? You know, when we uh, when I got the
3: email, and of course I get them all the time of animals needing homes. Her initial first look to me was a boxer, and they said she was a boxer mix. But when we got her, she came from Georgia. When we got her, she. It has a little bit of maybe some German Shepherd, it seems like, in her a little bit. But she's small, so it's, okay. it's really, really hard to tell. It's hard to tell, but she's just the sweetest dog ever. She's a great, great dog, and we are so thankful that we um, were able to save her.
0: I salute you both for doing that. But you guys, uh, you've got this arrangement on occasion. You do puppy transports from your area in North Carolina up to North Shore League in New York. Tell us a little bit about that, because you guys have been doing that for a while.
3: Yeah, we have. You know, every month we work with local rescue groups and they take puppies that would otherwise be euthanized and get them through their shots and make sure they're healthy. And then we all meet here once a month and we send 40 puppies up there to be adopted. Like I said, otherwise they would just be put to sleep here. And we're really lucky to have that working relationship with the North Shore Animal League. We also do things like that just on our own. If we're going to a race, say, in New Hampshire, we will sometimes take a dog or two with us to a rescue Oh wow. North. So, yeah, there's a boxer rescue that we've worked with in Pennsylvania. Oh mm-hmm. goodness for many, many years and they are phenomenal about keeping us updated and informed with the dogs that we bring. So, it's really nice to be able to see these dogs, you know, in a situation where they wouldn't have survived here. We're able to take them and then, you know, get stories and pictures and updates and uh, of how well they're doing and how they're thriving in their new home. So, I mean, it's very gratifying. And, I mean, I, I can speak for both Greg and I. I think we are very lucky that we're able to help out in that way because, you know, we've saved quite a few animals' lives just by going in the direction we were already going and we just kind of like picking up little hitchhikers we just take them with
0: us (laughs) when you have a motor home like that you could pack in some pups there for sure and that's kind of cool i also was impressed though that you're trying to educate a new generation and on the greg biffle foundation.com site you guys have a kids corner and greg talk a little bit about this pennies for pets program that you have for kids
2: you know we have piggy banks around at some of the different stores and and some of our different partners and you know kids want to get involved in donating their time and they care about their they have pets at home and it's very important to educate our young generation how important it is to respect animals and to care for them like they need to be and so that makes it easier later on it's hard to retrain somebody when they're 40 years old on how they should be taking care of a pet so we're working on trying to educate young people on the importance of it. And so then it's built in DNA and we can get a handle on the on the overpopulation and get people to spay and neuter their pets because that's the most important thing. That's really the most important thing we're here talking about is, is overpopulation and people not having their pets spayed and neutered. And that's how we come up with ninety percent of the pets that are unwanted or don't have a good home is because we're trying to give them away and we you know are trying to get rid of these pets that were unexpected so to speak and that's uh I'm very very passionate about this beta neuter part of it and I'll have to admit you know I was slow at getting foster you know fixed just because I was slow to do it. We need to educate people on on the importance and the health of them and and how important it is.
0: You're part of that whole the Humane Society of the United States. You guys have been part of that Spay Day USA for a number of years, and, and that's a great program. I think it's really getting the word out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to be part of that. Anything I can do to support that, because I don't remember all the stats today, but one unspayed cat can have up to, I think, 2 million kittens in seven <laughs> years or something you know as the reproduction occurs so it's it's staggering what one animal that goes unspayed or neutered can you know reproduce so it's very important
0: and that cat can have more than one male suitor which is or same with the dog which is why the puppies or the kitten litter can look like a whole medley they're kind of hussies when they're in heat <laughs>
1: Can I say that on the radio?
0: Oh, I just did. No, but you've done a lot with the spay and neuter, the puppy transports. You have the grant programs. You have the kids section and the calendars, too. So what's up next coming up for you guys as far as upcoming races with NASCAR? What's sort of your goal for this year or next year, Greg?
2: Well, we're in the middle of our uh, playoffs. And and unfortunately, you know, we haven't been fast enough all season. We made the playoffs, but... You know, got eliminated fairly early in the first segment of it. We're in the rebuilding time. We have seven races left to the end of the season. Certainly, we want to finish up in the top 10 of the in the sport. And it looks like, you know, we're going to be certainly capable of that, which is very important. That's a huge achievement. Oh, it is. Uh, we're going to Kansas this weekend, and then we race here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then on to uh, Talladega, Martinsville, you know, Texas, Phoenix, Homestead, and then we're we're finished for the year. So, yeah, Homestead's the um, final
0: one. What do you think of the Homestead yep. track? I remember when it yep, first that's opened. That's one of my
2: favorite places. I've won there three years in a row. It's a, it's a fun, great racetrack to race on. And the other thing about Homestead is the season's over. So
0: yeah. <laughs> everybody
2: loves that Everybody loves that race because they're looking for a week off. Uh, it's it's tough when you race 38 weeks a year Oh and, yeah, and you have two weeks a year off within that yep. 38, you know. So it gets to be a long season. So we're all looking forward to that, that first week off.
0: Any difference because at Homestead you were doing the truck series, too, in driving the trucks versus number 16 now?
2: You know, there's not a lot of difference between the truck series and the Nationwide and the, and the Sprint Cup. They all use the same basic chassis, suspension, brakes, tires, wheels, engines, drivetrain. is all real similar. The car, if you will, almost like a model car, just has a different body on it. So it appeals to a different crowd. They drive a little bit different. So that type of vehicle that I raced years ago was a lot of fun, and, and it's a great series. It's a great stepping stone, if you will. It's the minor league right. uh, for guys to get an opportunity in NASCAR.
0: All right. So who, besides yourselves, because you guys are awesome, who are a couple of folks in the NASCAR world that you would like to salute that are doing good things for pets? We'll start with you, Nicole. Who's somebody that you feel like is really getting the need to help pets?
3: You know, Ryan and Chrissy Newman have done an awesome job with healthy pets. I think they're very well known, but somebody very less known would be Tad and Jody Geschichter. They're team owners. The Almendinger drives for them. And she is just hands on all the time. She is a phenomenal advocate for animals and just very kind of back in the shadows, not in the spotlight with it, but I mean she's really done a lot. She's coordinates a lot of transports, and she's the person that will knock on your door and just say, hey, I noticed that you have five dogs. Do you need any extra food? You know, she's just a really good person and a great advocate for animals. So I think the lesser known would be Tad and Jody. I mean, we all know that Ryan and Chrissy are right in there, too. So, you know, there's a lot of people that care about animals, and they're willing to help anytime transports are needed.
0: Well, that's well said. Greg, do you have anybody you want to give a shout out to that's helping out?
2: You know, there's lots of people that certainly care about animals, and there's lots of folks that are generous with their time. You know, I, I like to recognize all the people that are in our calendar. You know, they take the time out of their schedule to gather the family and pets and let a photographer come to their house, and we all have busy, busy lives. And so, you know, Dale Jr., Matt, and Katie, Kenseth, and all the people, Tony Stewart, all the people that take their time and and, uh, provide the uh, photos for the calendar is certainly greatly appreciated.
0: Well, I salute both you, Greg and Nicole. We're talking to Greg and Nicole Biffle. They have the Greg Biffle Foundation. Guys, check it out. Get a calendar. What a great holiday gift idea for all your pet pals. It's thirteen ninety nine, and it's going to many great causes. And you're going to see what, like, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. looks like hanging out without a whole bunch of billboards on his outfit, right? You guys, you must feel really cool when you can wear a regular shirt without any logos on it once in a while.
2: Yeah, exactly. So my favorite attire is a jeans and a t-shirt. That's that or a hooded call. sweatshirt when the when the winter time. So. My favorite times of the year.
0: There you go. At this time, I want to thank you both for being guests on our show. And I also want to thank Mark Winter. He's our producer of the Pet Life Radio Network. We have over 6 million listeners worldwide on all our shows. And we do want you to reach out to the Greg Bethel Foundation. Well, Greg, Nicole, thank you very much for being our special guest today. You really are driving home the point of how we can do things big and small to make this a better planet for pets. And I thank you both. Both for doing what you're doing. Well, I thank you, you for, for your us. time. All right, you guys are awesome, and Emma, you're going to grow up to be quite a pet lover. I love that you're already doing that well with her. And shout out to Savannah and Gracie Arden, the treat lady. Says you get treats from Greg and Nicole after the show. They promised it, right? Right, guys? Right. Right.
4: right that's right so, they're waiting
0: they are so until next time this is your flea free host arden moore delivering just two words to all you two three and four lakers out there oh behave
1: coast to coast and around the world it's all behave with arden moore find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in rin tinsel tinseltown